It's cover three, you, the college football degenerates. I'm Jamison, your hokey football fan, here with Pistan, Patrick, the Notre Dame football fan. And we are coming at you for our first podcast of the second season of Cover 3U and the 2020 college football season. Little different circumstances. And we wasn't even for sure if we were going to have any kind of podcast this year due to the circumstances. Were we, Pat? No, we weren't. <laughs> but you know what? Sitting here, we're watching uh, Florida State, Georgia Tech, 430 left in the third quarter. You know who's not playing today? We don't have Ohio State. We don't have Michigan. We don't have Penn State. We don't have USC. We don't have Oregon. We don't have Washington State. We don't have Washington. Let me go down the damn list. Yeah, it's different. You know what? It's, it's all, different. I could go on a soapbox right now, but I'm not going to. But yeah, let, anyway. so we just popped this podcast open uh, after watching college football together today. We've had a few beers. Uh, it's the only way to do it. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, shit. I, I sat there and watched the Irish play, and I'm like, "Good lord, that was hideous." They won by what, fourteen? No. Yeah, I, I was not impressed. I, you know, I, I was, I woke up this morning, and to all of our two or three listeners out there, you know, I, I'm, I'm now a proud father. Right, so congratulations. Yeah, and woke up this morning. My my daughter was wearing her uh, Notre Dame pajamas. She was smiling and all that. I'm like, boom! They're gonna put a fifty spot on fucking Duke today. Yeah, and and, and and Ian Book came out there, and he looked like he was just. I mean, he looked like he shit his pants a couple of times. I don't. I don't know why. Maybe he, I don't know. Did he take a laxative? I don't. Know. <laughs> but it, the thing is. You know they they did not look good, but you know, Jameson, you, you're a big Notre Dame hater, and I and I respect. <laughs> I'm not a hater. No, I'm no, a ju- no. I judge them pretty heavily. You, you judge them pretty heavily, but you said, <laughs> you know what? They're now an ACC conference member. I, I think you see the value in that. I see the value in that. But you said a win's a win, and, and I'm gonna go out of this day thankful that there was a win, but most thankful that I got to sit down and I got to watch Notre Dame play football on NBC football. with the band in the stands, fans in the stands, and Ohio State sitting at home doing whatever they're doing to themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately. The they should be playing. They should be playing. And whatever. With that being said, we are coming at you on this Saturday, September 12th. We're not going to dive into the pandemic and COVID conversation and politics. It is what it is. College football is what it is this year. We we don't know what it is. We're going to take it however way we can get it, right? Week by week. We're going to take it week by week. So we started, uh, you know, typically we would have started this podcast a few weeks ago. But you know what? We're going to we, – we figured we would pop I mean, pop shit, open. we couldn't even bet on games if we didn't, if we didn't know that they are going to be played, right? Right. Right. And we don't know if we're going to bet on games now in this podcast. But at the end of the day, the games are on. And we figured we should start the podcast back up because things are up and running. And we're going to embrace uh, every little bit of college football we can get uh, here on this uh, Saturday, September 12th. And as you said, Notre Dame wins over Duke 27-13. to 13. Uh, In book, has 263 yards passing and a touchdown. It felt, it, it felt like he threw for about, I don't know, 74 yards and three picks. He I was, mean, that's the way the game looked. It looked, but, you know, he was 19-31. to 31, Not a great comp- – you know, it's okay. I was more impressed by your running back, Williams, who had 112 Kyron. yards. Yes. Yeah. 
Kyron Williams. Funny story about him. He actually was, he got a lot of play last year in the Louisville game, and he actually missed a block or something, and he was benched the rest of the year. Didn't fucking sniff the field. Didn't sniff the field. And then, boom, came out in camp. I guess you can call it fall camp, spring camp, whatever the fuck you want to call this particular camp. And uh, with all this pandemic shit going on, won the job over a lot of talented guys, including a true freshman, Chris Tyree, who also made an impact today in the kicking, you know, kick return game and also a couple of big runs. That kid's going to be a damn star. 112 rushing yards, 93 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. So, yeah, he had a good day, 27 to 13 in the win over Duke. Congratulations for Notre Dame starting their season today. Oh, it was, uh, it was lovely. Unfortunately, my Hokies. <laughs> the, a lot of a little bit of partying in Blacksburg, huh? Yeah, uh, Blacksburg's a hot spot right now. I think that's a, a campus and environment to where as soon as kids got back into campus, they're interacting with one another through you know beer bongs and keg stands and things of that nature, making out. And as we said before, the biggest challenge for these players and these college football programs is not necessarily players being tested positive but the contact tracing they have to endure through protocols that could limit them from seeing the playing field or practice field. Right. I think so, that's what you're seeing in Blacksburg. And unfortunately, it, it, my Hokies aren't going to play until like for two Dame, weeks now. I, I, and I don't know this to be facts. So I don't take it to be so. But from my understanding, in terms of contact tracing, you have to be within six feet of that individual without wearing a mask. So if you're out there dry humping someone without a mask... That's considered, you know, contact tracing. So if you're out there at a party, you know, doing whatever you're doing to someone on the dance floor, that's probably where some of that's coming into play. That happened to Notre Dame actually early on in August, in the middle part of August, whenever they invited all the kids back to campus. And then all those kids who have been cooped up since March said, you know what, fuck it. We're going to go out and we're going to have a good time. Well, okay. They went out and they had a good time. There was a bunch of positive tests. May I add zero hospitalizations, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah, I don't want to make this podcast too much about the you know, virus. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Is my point. It, it, it is what it is. There was there was positive tests. They weren't serious, but yet positive tests. And then, you know, Notre Dame football had to act accordingly. And and I think the players have bought into that. There's been zero te- or zero positive well, tests since. I well, think. you got to also remember Notre Dame's in the middle of nowhere of Indiana, and also they started. Well, yeah, they started Blacksburg's school. kind of in the middle of nowhere in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. but but they're coming. You know, look, it, it, I, I'm not it, want to talk about It's all about, about timing about when you brought the students back to school. Exactly, that's, that's you had a jump start on that. At the end of the day, I don't care where you're at, where your campus at. College students are going to be college students. Yeah, they're going to go We've all been 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And if it, you, if it was you and I going back to school, we would be doing what college kids do. So, again, I don't want to get too much caught up in the virus. At the end of the day, my hoagies got delayed and pushed back to September 26, where their opener is now against NC State. I hope we get there. But uh, at the, I'm just glad that some college football is here. It is approximately – Eight o'clock exactly on Saturday night of this week two, technically a college football. Notre Dame with the win. Uh, Oklahoma's beating the piss out of Mur- Missouri State, by the way. And uh, you got you actually got to pay what fifty seven ninety nine on pay per view to be able to watch that game. I wonder how many Sooner fans are doing that. Yeah, that was probably a waste of money because that's a beatdown. 
But one game we could talk about before we start talking about next week and the future, maybe you and I play some bets against one another, as we typically did in this Cover 3U podcast. And who knows what kind of direction this is going. We're winging it. Uh, Iowa State loses to Louisiana. Not a surprise. 31 to 14. You know, everyone was giving Iowa State, you know. I look back to the end of last season. They're like, oh, yeah, Iowa State's probably going to end up beating Notre Dame in the bowl game. Well. 38-3 38-3 to later in favor of Notre Dame, well, you, you realize that, well, Matt Campbell's a good coach, but it's still Iowa State. Not to take anything away from him, but, I mean, I think he's somewhat limited. I think he's a great coach, and I think he's going to be a coach of a big-time program sooner rather than later. But, yeah, I, it, it, there's a lot of factors at play whenever you look at this particular college football season. You can You can take home field – advantage and just throw it out the window yeah right so you know today iowa state was at home they had what two thousand fans there or something like that uh, it, it it's a dull atmosphere i'll uh, you know the four or five people that listened last year you always heard me all four or five of you <laughs> heard, heard me talk about the sleepy starts well it's going to be a sleepy start whether it's an you know an 11 a.m central time kickoff a 12 p.m. Right. Eastern time kickoff on down the line. Right. We're not going to have any Western time kickoffs this year. Right. Don't even get me started on that. But anyway, well, you know, I'll, I'm just telling you, every game is going to be a sleepy start. Right, and and that goes back to my point when I told you today after the Irish beat the Blue Devils to start their season. You know, these teams have had interesting ways to prepare for this season and nobody's hitting it on all cylinders. I mean, look at Navy in that BYU game. Come Shit. to find out, they weren't even doing tackling drills. So who knows how, uh, so, how, how these so, teams so are preparing. So let me ask you a, a question, and I know we don't want to get involved in the virus and things like that, but I mean... It, You're going to go down that road anyway? No, no, I'm not going to go down that road, but what, what's more serious for these players who have been tested and tested negative to go out there and tackle one another compared to going out and playing a real football game and compromising yourself from a physical standpoint by not practicing tackling. Right, and, and Kirk Herbstreit on uh, ESPN's College Game Day brought that up today, who uh, I'm in talks with, who we hope to have on this podcast next week if his schedule allows. Just kidding, he won't never be on this podcast. But <laughs> We could probably get his voice on here and get sued for it. But, but yeah, whatever. you're absolutely right. My point is is that it's a lot harder to predict uh, how this college football season is going to play out, how these teams are preparing, and, and how things are going to unfold. And I think predictions and, and lines go out the window because a win's going to be a win. And, and my point is, is kudos to Notre Dame for taking down the win against Duke, especially against a David Cutliffe team, who I said to you earlier. Yeah, I mean, we were going just, back and forth about talking about Coach Cut. And, I mean, if he, anybody's going to have their team ready through these circumstances, it's going to be a David Cutliffe team. And that showed in the first quarter of that football game. So. Yeah, you I mean, got Duke, Duke outplayed Notre Dame, I, I thought, for at least the first half of the game, if not even a, a little bit more than half of the game in, in totality. Right. You know, not going into the third quarter. I thought Notre Dame, you know, dominated the first part of the third quarter. But if, if you think about the totality of the game, I actually thought Duke outplayed Notre Dame for for more than half of it. But, you know, a win is a win. Talent beats coaching most of the time right yeah. 
And I thought Duke outcoached Notre Dame today. But yet, I thought Notre Dame had by far the better talent, which is what caused them to win the game. Absolutely. And um, uh, and I'm a big Brian Kelly guy. I, I love Brian Kelly. I think he's a great coach. But they've got some work to do, yeah. for sure. I could tell you've had a few beers and you want to talk about your Irish a lot today, but we're going to move on. No, no, to the rest I, of college I'm just going <laughs> to. Well, what else is there really to talk about? I mean, well, sure. And I think this podcast is going to, you know, direct more towards uh, week two and our predictions and how the rest of the season may or may not unfold. Uh, Iowa State, we were just talking about them, how they got upset by the Raging Cajuns. What was the final of that game again? The final score is uh, Louisiana 31, Iowa State 14. And my biggest takeaway that's from a, that, that. That's just a, just a freaking pounding, too. Yeah, yeah. My biggest takeaway from that game is, is Brock Purdy was very disappointing. As much hype as he's had, he had a great year last year. He had 145 yards passing and an interception. No touchdowns. And and well, to me, there's a lot of people predicting Iowa State to possibly win the Big 12. And we were talking about how there's not a lot of competition, as usual, in the Big 12. Right. Yeah. I, I think the Big 12 is, has started to digress. And, and one thing, I mean, not that we're going to talk about game by game, because the games, frankly, aren't, aren't the most exciting at this point. But, you know, the Big 12 in and of itself, in my opinion, should almost try and morph with the Pac-12 to a certain extent. And I I don't know, because I don't see the Pac-12 going anywhere in terms of competition. Yeah, in terms of competition itself, you know I mean? It's, it's hard to say this year. At the end of the day, I'm just happy for those who are playing ball. And it, anybody who's playing ball, I'm going to analyze them as much as we can. And uh, But it, to, to, to your point, though, yeah, Iowa State – Getting beat 31-14, thoroughly outplayed by the uh, Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. You know, Todd McShay had Brock Purdy as his number five quarterback going into the NFL draft. I wonder if there's any kind of impact with that. Who who gives a shit? But anyway, the the thing is, Iowa State's not nearly as good as everyone touted them to be. Hence, I mean, you could look back to the bowl game against Notre Dame watch their shit get pushed in that way but i don't know and they had everyone coming back too i mean they're just not that good well i I don't know i think it's too early to say i i again i think it comes down to what kind of preparation we don't know what these teams are going through patrick we don't know how many players that's a good point we don't know how many players have been had to be quarantined during preparation leading up to the season we don't know how many players report how long it took them to get to report back to campus there's a lot of factors we don't know. I mean, this is a different environment. So it's like, yeah, you can have the most stout team, returning players, and then have a you know change in preparation and uh, a halt in practice due to COVID issues. We don't know what these teams are going through. So my point is, is it's it's hard to predict anything, especially week one. So you should be happy to just get a W. Uh, so oh, I am. And I, Notre I Dame am. was able to do that. Iowa State was not, even though they were expected to do it. But a lot of people was protecting Louisiana is a good team. Um, other games going on is um, you know Georgia Tech and Florida State are battling right now. It's Florida State thirteen, Georgia Tech seven. I think Georgia Tech is on a going rise. Is just starting the fourth quarter. I yeah. Mean, yeah, and, and and only the the only two major conferences that are playing ball right now is ACC and Big Twelve. So we're going to focus on that. And um, as we talk about going into next week, even though my Hokies aren't playing for another couple of weeks, 
the ACC is a much better conference than last year. Would you not agree? I mean, there's a lot. I can't think of a lot of teams that gotten worse from last year, other than maybe Wake Forest, who lost. You know, Jamie Newman and Sejourat, who opted out, the star. star uh, that that and I know you're not. Gonna, and maybe maybe Virginia. And maybe Virginia. They lost their only true well, playmaker mean, at quarterback, who's not going to well, carry they, that team. They had some playmakers on the outside as well, um, and. You know, they they had a lot of guys end up, you know, leaving through graduation to the NFL, things like that. Uh, so they're in a little bit of a transition. So they might digress a, a hair, but I think Broncos is doing a good job. But for the um, most part, ACC teams across the board should be getting better. North Carolina took it took Syracuse to Woodshed thirty one to six. It took them yeah, but it, it took them a half. But, but that's that's due to the lack of preparation. And, and I agree a hundred percent. You know. It, the the North Carolina performance and the Notre Dame performance were almost identical to a certain extent. So let me ask you, who do you think is better, Duke or Syracuse? Duke. I think they're just a better coach team. I think I think I was I was actually kind of impressed with Chase Bryce today. Chase Bryce looked phenomenal. The transfer from Clemson, who's now the starting quarterback for Duke. I I was very impressed. I am uh, interested to see what type of season Duke has. I think and Noah Gray, the tight end for Duke, he, I thought he was really good too. Yeah, again, David Cutliffe, if if I'm going to have a coach to coach a football team full of talented studs or non-talented studs, whatever the case may be, due to the lack of preparation and due to the unique circumstances of this pandemic, if I'm going to have a coach coach my football team through this type of season, you got to say one of the top three or five coaches in college football that you would want. If you said, hey, here's your, ro- here's your roster, no recruiting involved, recruiting aside. Here's your roster, here's your team, here are the circumstances due to the pandemic, go win. One of my top three to five coaches to coach that team would be David Cutliffe. So if anybody has a leg up in the ACC and, and, and it's coaching funny. through it, it it's is funny. David Cutliffe. It's funny you mentioned a leg up when we were – Talking about his, uh, well, let's punt it. And instead of just saying punt because he had a mask on, obviously, he lifts his leg up to about a 30-degree angle to, to call for the punt. Yeah, was that was funny. funny. That was funny on the sidelines today. Yeah, he, he did a kicking motion at his old age that was quite unique and funny. Yeah. And, and it was almost as if he dropped the ball, too. Like, dropped the ball and then punt. Yeah. 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 It, it, it was uh So, you know, before we start talking about next week's game, Clemson, again, Georgia Tech and, and Florida State still batting out. Clemson's up 7 to nothing. They're we're, probably not even going to have lines out, so we're just going to kind of wing it. And we're going to wing it. Clemson's already up 7 nothing this weeks we anticipate Clemson to take it Wake Forest to the to the woodshed as well but let's talk with all this being said again I know we're rambling we don't know where this podcast is going to go and we'll keep an eye on this Wake Forest Clemson game as we talk as well as Florida State Georgia Tech um you know not much around the Big 12 going on tonight they're playing a bunch of scrubs Texas plays UTEP later but Let's start talking about next week when when things kick it up another gear, and then the week after that, the SEC starts playing ball. Well, let me ask you a question, Jameson. Mm-hmm. Let's just say Virginia Tech was playing, it, just for the sake of argument, Bridgewater College tonight, right? And it was only on pay per view for fifty seven ninety nine. Would you have paid for? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Why not? I, why not j- take j- advantage j- of just that? Just for for the sake of uh, bringing it up in terms of. You know, the Oklahoma fans, the only way that they can watch their team is if they pay for, pay for it on pay-per-view like it's a goddamn boxing match or something. But Yeah, 
I, I would. I would pay it. And, and kudos yeah, I would for too. these. I would kudos for these programs who are going through. They're finding but, unique ways to, to, to make, to make up for these budget deficits, whether it's fan cutouts in the stands or pay-per-views or just asking fans to continue to donate. These are some unique times. But uh, I'm glad college football is here. We're going to take a short break. Um, we'll continue to follow this Clemson and Wake Forest game and Florida State, Georgia Tech. But, you know, after this break, we'll dive into next week and, you know, chat a little more, even though my hoagies aren't playing. Uh, there's some good games on next week, and then SEC kicks it into gear the week after that. Yeah, I think we're going to try and do this on a weekly basis. I think we should. You think at least so? Try. Yeah. Why? Do, why not? All right. Let's sure. Figure out a way to no do one's going to listen anyway. But we'll take a quick <laughs> break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back here at Cover Three U, the college football degenerates in this unique season of college football. Patrick, let's start talking about next week. We got a close eye on Clemson and Wake Forest. Trevor Lawrence has already. Rushed for a touchdown, up seven nothing. I don't think we have to talk about Clemson much. Yeah, I, I don't. Just, just because, I mean, I mean, they got Wake this week, and then you know they got a tough match next week against Citadel. Yeah, they got Citadel next week. Do you think Clemson's the clean cut favorite in the ACC? In the ACC, even oh, God, with yeah. even with your Irish, even with in the Irish, play, no doubt. Okay, I would agree. No doubt. I think they're untouchable. So. I don't know if they're necessarily untouchable, but... I, they don't have the spread out on the Citadel next week, but we're not going to chat about Clemson much more. They're, they're clean-cut favorite. They don't have any spreads out until probably Monday. So. Uh, here's a unique game in the ACC, as the ACC and Big 12 and some of the group of five conferences are the only one playing football heading in next week is uh, Pitt and Syracuse. Syracuse goes to Pitt. There's no spread. Um, we saw Syracuse... Hang in there with North Carolina, who's a program up on the rise, for a half and then get demolished. Pitt looked pretty good today. Um, I mean, if you had to put a spread on that game, do you have a spread? Did Pitt play today? They yeah. did play today. They're playing Austin, or they played Austin P. Oh yeah, that's right. That was on ACC Network during an Notre Dame game, right? Yeah, and they they, right. they took care of business, fifty-five to nothing. All right. Well, <laughs> it's Austin P. So I mean, take what you want from that, but. I don't know. I, I actually was somewhat impressed with Syracuse. If if they were able to actually connect on some of the plays that were wide open against North Carolina today, I think they would have probably not necessarily won that game, but made it fairly close. How about this? I give you 14 points. I got Pitt. 14 and, and a half. 14 and a half. Done. Give me, right. give, me Sar- give me Pitt, rather, to beat Syracuse. I'm giving you 14 and a half points. I like that, and we're just flying by the you know flying by the seat of our pants. And, and now, what are we betting? Here? I don't know. What do you want to bet? Fuck if I care. I Five bucks a, a game? Yeah, I don't care. That's cool. Okay, I like that. We'll talk about a few other games. Your your Fighting Irish play uh, South Florida comes to to Notre Dame two thirty next week. I think I think Notre Dame's gonna be pretty mad. You think? After, yeah, after today's performance. I mean, that's a, it's a pretty typical Notre Dame response. I think they're going to roll next week. But we don't have a line to bet on. So what we may end up doing is, you know, Jameson and I, and maybe Phil as well, will talk throughout the week. And once these lines come out, Jameson can, can kind of – Or we can make up a line. I, give me give me uh, 21 points, and I think South oh – no, no, maybe not that much. 28 points, and I think South Florida covers. I'll give you 24. Nah, I'm not going to mess with that. 
But no, I, I, I'll say this. Well, no, what I'm saying is, in terms of making this game interesting, or making this podcast interesting in terms of the betting perspective, is, all right, we can talk about these games, and then, Jameson, maybe you can record something in the middle of the week if we text back and forth and be like, all right. Sure, we could do that, or we can just shoot the shit today yeah. and make up our own lines. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes up. Or do something of. a little bit more formal next week. I do think Notre Dame takes care of business. Uh, good luck for Notre uh, Good thing for Notre Dame is... They have a soft folder team coming in to help them continue to fix out these kinks during these unique preparation times of COVID. They have another game this week. They just look sloppy as shit yeah. today. So oh I think I think South Florida is a good opponent for that. Thank goodness Kyron Williams is a stud. Oh, yeah, And before we talk about some more, let's talk about one more game, and then and then we'll talk about some season predictions in general. How about that? All right. Um, Another game to look out for is um, you have Miami at Louisville. Probably going to be the game of the week. Probably, you know, originally Virginia Tech and UVA was going to be college game day, 7.30 p.m. kick. Originally, that Kids game... Kids were having some fun down in Blacksburg. I know, yeah. I know. That game's postponed. So now they've moved the Miami-Louisville game to the 7.30 kick. And Louisville is a team on the rise before Scott we talk- Satterfield, I, I have been, I, I got a hard on for that guy for a while. No, I mean, not literally, but figuratively. So you have, you have <laughs> yeah, you, you have Clemson number one. Notre Dame's obviously after that. Obviously, you, you, if, if I had to name two or three teams after Notre Dame in the ACC in this group of fifteen conference, they're having top two teams go to the championship. You obviously have Notre Dame in there if, to go to the ACC championship game. Is Louisville one of those other teams that could potentially make I, it? I, I actually could see three other teams. Who are they? Louisville, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech. I agree with Louisville. I think Virginia Tech's offense I, could be good if they can ever get on the field. If they can ever get on the field, <laughs> yeah. Here's my thing with North Carolina. They lost six games last year. And yes, I know they're I know they're recruiting like crazy. Yeah, it, but that you're not going to about this earlier. You're today. not going to see those recruiting efforts come into play until 2021, 2022. At the end of the day, and I know they have a great quarterback in Sam Howell. Daz Newsom's a stud. And Daz Newsom's a stud. And 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 Surratt, or excuse me, he's a Surratt, the linebacker. Chaz Surratt. That's some bitch you see actually play quarterback. He actually played quarterback against Notre Dame several years back. So you know, it's hard and, to believe he's still playing college. And football. Mac Brown's doing a whole lot better job than I thought. I'll admit to that. He's gotten some good coaching staff around him, uh, recruiting, support staff, things of that nature. But I don't. I, I still think they're a year away to see all that to really come into play. At the end of the day, they lost six games last year. It's not like they were like, yeah, they hung in with Clemson, but they lost that a lot. That's pretty of, much it. They, they, they lost a lot of games they shouldn't have. So I know there's hype around North Carolina, and and, and I think a lot of that hype is actually derived from playing Clemson as close as they did. And frankly, deserving to win that game. Clemson didn't deserve to win that game. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not that sold on North Carolina. I am too. But if you're telling me, give me three teams, North Carolina would be one of the Put it this way. I'm surprised that North Carolina is ranked 18th in the country and have higher odds to win the ACC than Louisville and Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech and Louisville has a higher chance – to be up there with Notre Dame, to be in that ACC championship game than Clemson, with Clemson than, than North Carolina is, just due to the returning, the amount of returning talent and returning production 
that they have. I know Clemson is on the my rise, biggest but, concern, my or excuse biggest, me, North Carolina. My biggest concern with Virginia Tech, frankly, is is not necessarily from a personnel standpoint. It's more about the loss of Bud Foster, and you have a new voice coming in there for the first time. Sure. And, but everybody's back, brother. Yeah, everyone is back. But. Except for Caleb Farley, who opted out. But, you know, you got your secondary's back. All your linebackers are back. Yeah, exactly. All your D-line's back. You've that, recruited that's our, bigger. That's, and I felt the same exact way going into today's game with the Notre Dame offensive line. Like, hey, you got all five starters back. These guys are going to just roll over, you know, Duke. And I, I actually felt like Duke actually was able to get the edges and things like that on a number of pass rushes and things like that. Um you, and I don't know if experience actually comes into play as much this year as we thought it would, where I feel like experience initially would be the most important thing. I don't think that's the case. I, I just think who wants it more. And I think uh, experience is huge when you have a yeah. lack of unexpectation of preparation due to COVID. I think that's going to kind of play a huge part. You mean to tell me kids straight out of high school know how to prepare for a college football game with all these uncertainties than a team that's loaded? Shit, I don't know anything. Center. So uh, nobody <laughs> knows it, but I'm just saying, like, I would take a team that has returning players and has, you know, has been through the program for a while to get through this pandemic-type season than a team like North Carolina who has a few handful of starters back, but at the end of the day, they're being based off – Sam Howe didn't look too good today either. He didn't. So, I guess to get back to the Miami-Louisville game, who yeah. do you like in that game? And two bets here. If you had to put – I haven't seen Louisville play who yet. Finishes, who finishes better? This is my first question. Okay. Who finishes better in the season or in the, in the season in the league, in the ACC? Louisville, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Who finishes the best? Because I think we all agree that – one of those teams will be in competition with Notre Dame mm-hmm. for that top two spot to play Clemson in the ACC championship. So who is it that's going to compete with Notre Dame for that championship game against Clemson? Is it Louisville, North Carolina, or Virginia Tech? Or the field? Do you, do you like a team like Miami who has King, the transfer? If, or, if you're giving me the field, I would, I would most likely go with a team like Florida State. Um, but in – I mean, shit, they're tied with Georgia Tech, who I thought was the worst team in uh, in the ACC. But Collins knows what he's doing up there. But yeah, Collins knows what he's doing. It, but in terms of the teams that you gave me, I would probably I, I gave you I, I gave you four options. Yeah. Who, who 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 is in competition with Notre Dame for that ch- ACC championship game against Clemson? Is it? I would probably Louisville? lean towards Louisville over North Carolina, Virginia Tech, or the field. Yeah. Okay. Lean towards Louisville. Lean. A slight lean. <laughs> a very, very slight lean. I mean, I would probably actually, it, thinking about it more, probably go towards the field. I don't know because I, I would go with I, Virginia, think, I would go with Virginia Tech or the field simply because I think there's a lot of parity after those first two teams. You know, in terms of, of a talent standpoint, I think Virginia Tech's the most talented. From an offensive standpoint, I think uh, most experienced. I would yeah, say. I, I think Louisville is probably the best coach team. They're I, the fastest. Yeah, they speed two, demons. Two, yeah, and then you got North Carolina with all the hype, but yet I also think they're fairly well coached. Not that Virginia Tech's not well coached. I think they are, but I think Scott Satterfield's probably the 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 best. So, do you want to place a bet on that? I, I, I'll. I'll take Virginia Tech. 
You take Louisville. Whoever right. finishes higher. Five Whoever bucks. finishes higher, higher box. Yeah, five bucks. All right. I'm cool with that. There you have it. <laughs> so going paper. into the Miami-Louisville game, there's paper. So mm-hmm. you, you so outside of Notre Dame competing with uh, uh, competing fin- for that second spot against Clemson in the ACC championship, you have Louisville. I have Virginia Tech. We got five bucks on the line. If neither one of them makes it. No, I would just say whoever finishes whoever higher. Whoever finishes higher. Got yeah. it. So going into the Louisville – Miami game. We saw Miami, you know, have a slow start against UAB last week. Uh, King, the transfer out of Houston. It's not a slow start on this podcast, James. Right. It's a sleepy start. Sleepy start. <laughs> King went in and did his thing in the second half against UAB. Is he able to do that against Louisville next week? Yes, I do. I, I, How much does Miami? So you think Miami wins that game? No, I think Louisville wins the. <laughs> no, I think I think that's going to be a I think that's going to be a shootout to a certain extent. But I also think that Scott Satterfield's such a good coach that okay, he's going to allow Derek King to get his yards, running and passing, but he's going to essentially not let anyone else beat him. And I don't think Miami's defense can keep up with the the talent on the Cardinal offense. I think Louisville wins the game by how much? It's going to be less than a touchdown. I think it's going to be close. All right. All right. I think uh, Louisville takes care of Miami by uh, at least two scores. I'm not confident enough to put money on it, but I, no, I, think, I, I. I think Louisville takes care that, of it. That's basketball. bold, though, to think I, about. I do. I think, I'm I think, interested to see what the you know what the When uh, the lines come out. Think. Yeah, I would be interested, too. But. I, I would think it would come out like, I don't know. Seven and a half, eight and a half, something like that. What other games do you have on your schedule uh, next week that you want to talk about? And as you um, head into that, I know uh, North Carolina, I know we, you and I are both against their hype. They got Charlotte next week. I think they'll take care of business. And don't get me wrong, I think North Carolina is a, a force to be reckoned with in the ACC. I think they're just a over, little overhyped. And um, I don't think you're going to see all that hypeness come into play until another year or two. Um, is there any other major ACC games? I do see Clemson just went up fourteen nothing. I yeah. think they're going to cover that spread tonight against Wake. Is there any other? What game? is the spread tonight? What is uh, it fifty and a half? Some I went the uh, I went the over. I think the over was sixty one. <laughs> I think Clemson's going to drop fifty some points on Wake tonight. Well, if if the over is sixty one, they better drop more than fifty some. Well, I, I think I think Wake's <laughs> going to sneak in a touchdown or ten points or so. All right. So, anyway, in terms of next week, there ain't shit going on because I think the Big 12 is taking the week off. Yeah, why is there not any Big 12 games on? I don't know. I I think they built in that this next week as a... See how things go. Yeah, let's see how things go, kind of precautionary type deal. I don't know if they're going to try and reschedule something that was, you know, canceled from last week or this particular week that we're in right now. But, I mean, once we get past next week... And everything's fine because I, I have full confidence that everything will be fine. The Big Ten's going to announce they're going to start sometime in the middle of October. Pac 12 is going to be playing with themselves. I don't know what they're going to be doing. And then we got SEC, we got ACC, we got Big 12, and we're going to have Big Ten a few weeks after that. Highly confident in all that. So before we wrap up this podcast, and it's a little short podcast, and maybe it's not so short, but um, oh, we're just. We're just talking ball. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad college football is here. Yeah, man. I mean, Does Pig- we got to hear the band today. We got to hear fans. Quick takes. Does Big Ten kick off college football 
before November 1st. Yes. Yes. 100%. I agree with you there. I think there's a lot of pressure on So Kevin. we don't want to bet on that one? No, I, I, I agree. I, I think there's a lot of pressure it, going it, on Kevin Here's Warren. the thing. You know, Kevin Warren has handled this thing about as bad as you could possibly handle it, right? But it's not all his fault. The presidents have, have essentially put him out there as chum in the water for the sharks to just eat up, right? So he's just been the mouthpiece for them. Whereas, you know, I'm not going to get into my particular reasoning about why things are the way they are with the Big Ten, but I feel like it's fairly obvious. But I think that the Big Ten's going to have absolutely no choice, no choice, if they want to continue to to have that superior, you know, that superior conference mentality in terms of not just from a monetary standpoint, but also, you know, internally, like, hey, we're we're the shit kind of deal. You know, they're going to have to get out there and play this year. Otherwise, they're going to lose all that. I agree. I agree. And here's another quick take. Big 12, lacking depth this year, in my opinion. They're playing ball, though. That's all that matters. Hey, they're o- out there playing football. Oklahoma looked really good against, what, Montana? It is what it or is. Missouri State. Missouri or State. Whatever. Yeah, there you go. It's on pay-per-view. We haven't watched it. <laughs> hey. They could have very well have a, a, a another Heisman like, candidate at quarterback this year. Do Is there any – now that we saw Iowa State fall to Louisiana today the way we did, and a lot of people were saying Iowa State and Brock Purdy is a favorite to meet Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. They lose to Louisiana today. Do you still feel like Iowa State is a contender against Oklahoma in the Big 12, or do you think anybody else can give Oklahoma a run for their money in that conference? I think the only team that can possibly give – to answer your first question, no, Iowa State's done. Uh, to answer your second question, yes, I do. I, I think Texas, with as many people as they have coming back, actually has an opportunity to do it. All right. And then um, – Moving on to my Hokies, do the Hokies play a football game this year? <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're gonna get their they're gonna get their eleven games in. And does UVA win more than four games this year? Yeah, they're gonna win six. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up this first podcast here? Cover through you. No, you told me to keep it non-political, so I'll keep it at that. <laughs> uh, we made it political. We could talk all night. Georgia Tech and Florida State's thirteen to thirteen. So we're gonna get a cold one and finish wrapping up that game. Um, we appreciate you be here being on Cover Through You, the college football degenerates.